This is John Quell Jones. This is Mike Strong with the Indianapolis Colts. Yo, it's your boy Buddy You. This is Jazz the Kid Chisholm. Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. And you are logged into 10th Year Seniors. 10th Year Seniors. 10th Year Seniors. 10th Year Seniors. You're logged in with 10th Year Seniors. You dig? I'd go. My name is Kaizen, aka Boo. Who calls you that? <laughs> everybody. Just everybody calls me Boo. Nobody calls me Kaizen no more. But this is the Crank It Proper Podcast. A part of the 10th Year Seniors Podcast Network. Okay, so... Are you going to say boom every time we make a point? Most of the time. Okay. So, bear with me, but most of the time. Uh. Okay. So, this podcast... This podcast used to be... What's it called? Um, wow. <laughs> Parent Corner, yeah. It used to be Parent Corner uh, with me and me and my dad. Just talking about everyday stuff, especially baseball, because, like, I love baseball. Um, but I told him I wanted my own podcast, so he said okay, and he just let me go at it, and that's why I came up with Crank and Proper. Yeah, can we get into the name, and for the audience that is not affiliated with you, your school, or any of your friends, can you explain what Crank and Proper is, because we don't know. So, Crank and Proper basically just means, like, doing something good, like, alright, so say, like, somebody hits a... A gap shot or something, not throw somebody out. You, when you use baseball terminology, you have to explain it to non baseball people. Okay, so when somebody hits a baseball between the right field and the center field, though, that's a gap shot. Mm-hmm. So when they get back in the dugout, they say, All right, keep cranking proper. Yeah. So, so, y- so y'all took a baseball term and now you are extrapolating that to mean anything good, anything positive. Yeah, basically. Okay, that is how you explain it to people. Wow. Yeah, I do this for a living. Mostly, we talk. Well, we're gonna talk about baseball mostly on this podcast, but some some episodes we're gonna um, talk about different sports: basketball, football. Sometimes, not talking about the Dolphins though. That's a. We that's all right. You don't have to do that. We have many, 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 many different avenues on this network where we can talk about the dolphins. So you don't have to talk about it here on your space. It's fine. But anyway, it's a playoff team last year. Just for clarification. Yeah, and Jalen Ramsey now. So he's hurt, but that's not the point. That's true. Anyway, yeah, we're gonna dive off to basketball, football. All that other stuff, but mostly But the baseball. focus is going to yeah, be... mostly baseball. Because baseball is my sport, and I really... I can't explain it, but, like... I really well, you're going to have baseball. to, because 90% of podcasting is explaining. No. So you literally have to be able to explain everything. No. <laughs> So basically how I got into playing baseball was one day my dad just took me to Freedom Farm. Um, he he told me to go on the field. I mean, I was crying. I didn't want to go on the field because I didn't want to leave. But yeah, I didn't want to go on the field. But after the first day, I guess I got used to it. And after that, ever since, I wanted to go back, keep going back over and over and over until I eventually... Played my first season. I was comfortable. After that, I just fell in love with it. So that that goes to show, like, if like if your parents forcing you to do something, 
that you don't want to do, you should you should try it because I didn't want to play baseball. Force is a strong word. You should say if your parents are guiding you toward what they think is a right fit for you, you should listen. <laughs> okay, yeah, what he said. Um, I think you should try it because I didn't want to play baseball. But look where I am now. I, I love this game to death, really. Okay, now let's jump in. Transition. Why? Why? I mean, that's it. you. You're going to have to learn how to transition. I'm just telling you that that's that's what happens. Anyway, so the maiden voyage, the first venture, the pilot episode of Crankin' Proper. Where are we starting? Uh, we're gonna start with my summer. Of uh, course, because Ten YS is a very self-involved platform. We talk about us first, and you are falling in line with the rest of what we do. So, take it away. It's your show. I'm just sitting here. Okay, so my school, as you as you all should know, I go to International League Sports Academy. It's a baseball school. Can't tell you where it's located because some of you creeps. But um, our school closes in like late May, and we go away. Uh, we go away to any part of Florida, really, any part of Florida, for like two to three months, just strictly baseball training. Um, tournaments, going to major league games, all that stuff, just really focusing on baseball, like getting away from all the other stuff back here at home, just playing baseball, focusing on baseball. So most of my tournaments were at Bomba Sporting Complex, which is in Sanford, Florida. Um, all turf fields, really nice complex. I love those fields, as a matter of fact, because we played a, we played a, Ten, a ten game tournament there once it was like five days so two games a day, um, and yeah we came second in that, that was like our sixth tournament yeah, but um, we came second in that my team we played we played really good in that tournament um. How long was the the entire summer um process? The entire guys? summer was all right. So with with my fourteen new team. We were there for like two and a half months, and then with the the older guys, like sixteen, you it was like probably another month, so like three months in total. So starting from the beginning, the ten team tournament that was in the first um that was in the first trophy you all won. No, so our our first trophy uh we play, I forgot what the complex is called, but um our fo- our first trophy when it was a triple S A tournament um. This complex was nice too, but bomba, like, come on. But um this this tournament too, we played we ran through some really good teams. And we had um we had two other guys, Mason and Omar. Shout out to y'all. But um yeah, because we didn't have enough fourteen new players at the time. It was only like seven of us. But we the whole tournament it was only nine of us. I actually fished the championship game. But Boy, no. when you get desperate. <laughs> but. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They they know more about baseball than me, so I got to trust their judgment. I mean, I pitched good. I went four scoreless innings, but your boy at the exit because the hip strainage, I guess you would call it. So, yeah, that 
that tournament, that was that was our like first tournament of the summer, like straight out the gate, firing on all cylinders. Like what was the highlight for you over the course of the whole tour- uh whole summer? Over the whole summer. Um actually the like the last the very last tournament I played this summer, which was playing with the older guys, like sixteen you. Um I'm not sure what the tournament is called, but it's it was like a can I say like semi pro? Like uh, a, yeah, uh, it's like a developmental league. I yeah, think it was. Yeah, developmental league. I mean, semi pro league. So it was like twenty to like twenty five, probably thirty year olds. I was playing against thirty year olds at thirteen. Like a guy, um, a guy we were playing against. He had two kids, and I was playing against him at thirteen. But he couldn't catch a ball the first place. So he was like, he could hit though. That's one thing he could hit the baseball like really hard, but um, I faced a guy throwing ninety for the first time in that tournament. Um, I think I think I I did pretty good. Like the older yeah, boys, yeah. I, I was about to ask, like, what was what was the benefit you think from playing in that? What was some of the feedback you got from playing against people so much older than you? Yeah. So after after games, like. The the other teams they couldn't believe I was thirteen. They thought I was like fourteen, fifteen, but just on the smaller side. But yeah, they they couldn't believe that I was for, um thirteen. So actually, the first game I played, I think I I had a sock fly to center field. Guy was like eighty four to eighty seven. Yeah, I had a sock fly to center field. We won. Yeah, we won that game. Yeah, sock fly. I hit the ball pretty hard. I guess just couldn't find a hole, and then you'll figure it out when you get older. Yeah. Oh no. Not that. Okay. <laughs> I just say that. Hey. I was talking about baseball. No, the it po- wasn't. The point no. is to hit it where they ain't. Okay. That's how. That's how you get on base. Let's get let's talk about some of our Bahamians. And I know you guys see all I know you guys see these prospects, these young prospects rising up to the minors quickly. And one of our own, Sebastian Walcott. Um guy's pretty good. He's like six four. Big, strong. Yeah. He's in two sixty one. His batting average is two sixty one. Seven home runs, twelve RBIs, eight fifty OPS. 12 doubles, 4 triples, through 169 at-bats. Now think of that. At 17 years old. 17 years old. Sebastian Walcott. And I'm he's... Hold on. Before you... Yeah, yeah. Go on. He's also ranked number 6 and never be top 100. 66. So what did I say? Number 6. Oh. 66. But th- that's in, like, all baseball prospects. That, that, isn't, that isn't, like international prospects or whatever. That's like everybody. Like Jackson Holiday, Dylan Cruz, Paul Skins. Of all minor leagues. Yeah. ML the top one hundred players in every farm system in MLB. He's yeah. ranked number sixty six. After only playing what, half a season now of pro baseball. Yeah. So like it's And coming from the Little Bahamas. So I think this year people have really seen younger prospects 
that's kind of been the trend now to move them as quickly as possible. And yeah. I know Ethan Salas is the biggest. Yeah, I think he's like the poster child for that yeah. because now he's all the way up to double A now. Or yeah. yeah. So obviously they are moving him quickly, but the Rangers are kind of having Sebas along that same path. Yeah. Would you say not moving as quickly as Salas? No, yeah, but, not as quickly, but yeah, but he's, he's moving. He's on that same trajectory. So eventually he'll they'll push him further and further and further. But personally, from my experience with Sebas. I haven't watched him play a whole lot, like, in person, but from what I've seen, guy's good. Like, really good. He's fast, strong, has a good glove, get it for power, contact. Like I said, he's like 6'4", and he has four triples at 169 of us. What do you think is his best attribute, like, to his hit game? It. If you had to describe... Hidden, by far. <laughs> All right, you didn't Before even you think... Finish, hit you didn't it. even think about it. Yeah, hidden. So if you had to describe his hitting to somebody that a casual fan of baseball, like who would, does he have a player comparison? One that jumps out off the top of your head. What I would say is kind of like a, like a kind of like a Konya or a young A Rod. To from my point of view, I don't know if other. Well, yeah, it's, I mean it's your podcast, so yeah. obviously from your point of so view. So from my point of view, like a a Konya, young A Rod type of swing. What. Uh, what makes him like them? Like, what is similar? Like, Acuna, he could hit for pop. Like, they, they kind of have kind of like the same swing, except Sebastian stands up tall. He stands up tall like Cody Bellinger, but their swing, their swings aren't similar. That's just their stance. But him and Acuna basically have the same motions going through the swings. But, um, right, so... Just from around being with Sebas, like I know him for me, he's like fourteen. Just like just like being around him, he, like he's a super nice guy. Like he works hard, has great worth a work ethic, plays hard, does everything hard. Cause he know he knows where he wants to get, and I saw the Arizona Complex League is where he wants to finish his career. I saw he wants to make it to the majors, obviously be a Hall of Famer, but. Yeah, the guy works hard, plays hard, does everything hard, and when just being around. Wouldn't think that he'd be getting one of the biggest contracts in the ministry, like signing internationally. You would not think that. Where do you think he ends this season? You think he stays in the ACL, or do they move him one more time? I feel like he could get the single A, well, low A by by the end of the season. That yeah, I f- I feel like he can get because, I mean. Seven omens and 169 at bats. It's a little crazy. So imagine if he's playing a big league season and he has f- 500, 600 at bats. It's almost 30 omens. 30, 35 omens. Right there. That's 17. Okay, let's go. Let's talk about our Bahamian Shoei Otani, right? We got Janelle Miller right there. Uh, he had 239. This batting average is 239. Four doubles, two triples, 10 RBIs, and OPS is 641. 231 at bats. So we had less at bats than, less at bats than um, Sebas, but he's in a different, like, narrows in the DSL, so they have less games than the Arsenal Complex League. So once you move in the minors, you play, you gradually play more games, more and more games. 
So, Daryl, the guy is 6'3", can run a 6'3", can hit a baseball 400 feet from both sides of the plate, throws 96 miles per hour off the bump, and can play center field. Yeah, that pretty much sounds like Shohei Otani to me. And he, he's a big lefty. Like, yeah, I was about to huge. say, if you're gonna, if you about to call him Shohei, then you got to explain the other side to people as well. Because what makes Shohei Shohei is the fact that he's, he's the Shohei. best at both sides of the game. Yeah. So tell us about the arm. Yeah, now, um, 96, ni- like 96, 97 off the bump at 17, just turned 17. Um, he has a good, good split finger fastball too, like that, like completely drops off the table, like really, really good splitter. Um, I think he had 20, 22 strikeouts in his outings in the DSL. Yeah, 22, 22 strikeouts, yeah. But from from me, like just catching him, catching for him, I should say. Guy throws hot. I feel like if he if he like the Marlins just letting him, just letting him do the two way thing is is a privilege. So by the but by the time he reaches reaches to the majors, I think he could be up to one hundred because ninety six and ninety seven at seventeen is wild to me. And that's kind of where the game is now, right? Because everybody popping out of bullpens, hitting you, I lie, not even in the 90s, triple digits. It's like every team has a couple of those guys coming out of the bullpen. So for for him to be in line, he would, for him to be on that track at his age, I mean, there there were struggles. Yeah. Like, there were struggles, but I think they kind of expected that at his age. Do you expect them to continue with him being a two-way player. Yeah, like, do you want to see him do yeah, that or do I you wanna, want him to pick want, uh, pick a side? No, I I want him to continue doing the doing the two-way thing. Like I think it's pretty cool that you could DH play the field and pitch at the same time. Like imagine, all right, let's put it like this. Imagine throwing a no-hitter and hitting two bombs in one game. Like think how crazy that is. Like just take a second and let that sink in. Hitting two bombs and throwing a no-hitter in one day. Like that's just crazy to me. Um, have you seen Johan Duran? Speaking of like throwing on, have you seen Johan Duran? Okay, look at transition. Like no, I have not seen Johan Duran. Tell me about Johan Duran. The guy throws a hundred and five miles. Oh, I know who that is. You know how I know you turning into a real baseball person okay. because whenever you describe someone, you say the guy. <laughs> That's how scouts and coaches talk. But anyway, go ahead. Hey, yeah, he throws 105 Don't miles keep saying hour. the guy. Okay, the guy throws 105 miles per hour. 105 miles per hour. Consistently sitting there. Yes. Jeez. 100. Now, think of think of you going in the box, facing 105 miles like per hour. Like me? Yeah, or you. If I was good at baseball. No, you. me. Yeah, you. No. I pro- I can't hit 30 miles per hour, I don't think. <laughs> I think a player in 9-10 could strike me out. I mean, I guess. But, yeah, the guy throws 105. I could probably get strikeout on um, slow pitch. Wow. That's crazy. But I think Nero could be on the same today. Well, not 105, but I think he could get a triple digits by the time he reaches the majors. 
And that would be huge for us, obviously. Someone else is going to do it. Yeah. Like, just seeing the success that Shohei has had. Not saying that somebody else could step in and be him because he's an extraordinary talent. But I think someone else is going to... Some other organization is going to take the chance on someone letting them do this all the way. I thought it would be Mason Wynn. The Cardinals shut that one down. But someone's going to take the shot and try it. But, um... Transition? I mean, you decide when the transition is. No, I kind of want to talk a little more. But, um... Yeah. The narrow, just... Great guy. As a... Why do I keep saying guy? See, now you got it in my head. No, it's it's what y'all do. <laughs> it's what y'all do. And it, it's no knock on it. Just handle your business, though. Yeah. It's um, your show. But yeah, he's a good guy. Um, Like, he narrow, narrow's humble, I guess. Uh, Works hard, plays hard. Same, him and, him and Sabas kind of the same qualities. Like, work hard, play hard. Um, um, Being, being a leader, always making it, always being on top of your stuff and... And your teammates or your friends making sure that they ain't slacking off and they should be working. Because you only want to have a circle where you and your friends are all trying to accomplish the same goal. Like, you don't want to have that one odd one out, like, who isn't into anything, just hanging on there to try to bring you and your friends that working towards that one goal. You don't want them there to try to bring you down. So, transition. No use for say that, but it. Oh, I got it. Transition. Okay, <laughs> now we got. I think this would be the only, the only twins to ever sign internationally from the Bombers. The only twins, I would think. Yeah, as far as I know. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's just them. Yeah, just Deshaun and Devon Nolts. But Deshaun recently got called up to Double A Rocket City Trash Panthers. Um, Deshaun, Deshaun is my guy. Pros- prospect of which which organization? Uh, prospect of the Los Angeles Angels. There you go. But I want him to get out of there so bad. Because, like, if that talent... If we we seen what he's done against major league competition in the World Baseball Classic, like, coming up clutch with the um that double and that... I think it was a triple. Double and triple in the World Baseball Classic against big league arms. I don't want to see what's happening to Mike Trout. And Shoei happened to Deshaun. Because Deshaun has potential to be really, really good. Um, Just to give you his slash line in high with Tri-City, 253, uh, four home runs, 35 RBI, 18 stolen bases, uh, 683 OBP, 360 slugging percentage. That's my job here, just to relay the stats when you don't have it. It's pretty good. But well, from my standpoint, I'm the producer. You could just be the on-air talent. Yeah, but and in his debut, got a hit. Yeah, in his debut, I think that was his first about right. Not sure. But anyway, don't worry about that. Um, in his debut, we did get a base hit, single, um, single between the three-four hole, but just between the first baseman and the second. Thank you for explaining that because I was about to say you have to act as if your audience doesn't know. Anything about baseball, and some of them may not. Yeah, but... Um, Greg Cody? <laughs> no, I'm That's not. That's a fine. I'm not Greg Co- No. Fine, what? Yeah, I oh. cough into the mic. I didn't. Anyway. Anyway, uh, but I got to play with, with his twin the, uh, this summer, Devon Nolts. He, um, he's a pitcher. 
um yeah i got i got to god for him and then um the the development league i got for him twice i think yeah he he devon has some good stuff too like i like i hope he gets back in the system in the minor league system because devon is also a great guy he he uplifts people like he like even if you're having a bad day like he he just tries to be a leader even if like he doesn't really seem like a leader, but he tries to like he tries to make his presence known. Like tries to be a leader. So I hope he gets back in the minor league system because I want to see two. Uh, I want to see the twins facing each other. The son in the baddest box, the one on the mound. That would be that would that would be dope. Yeah. It'd be kind of. I think there was a moment this season where Tanaj went against Shabazz Young, yeah. which was. Which was big time. Yeah, it was. Like that's anytime, I, I think anytime the Bahamians get to go yeah, against that, each other, it's a I special like moment. Yeah, well, really for like y'all as young players. Yeah, that's what I like to see. Like, no, it was a bad switch. Okay, now let's move from the minors to the majors. And you know, uh, one and only Bahamian in the majors right now. Josh Isham, he recently became our all-time Bahamian home run leader with, oh, 46, but surpassing Andre Rogers with 45. And Josh also did this in four seasons. Andre Rogers did it in 12. So take that into consideration. Josh, I mean, if you really think about it, Josh could hit seven and do much better in his career. What do you think it's... <laughs> take that into consideration. What do you think it says? What do you think it means? Like... Jazz is a rare talent. Like he like he isn't isn't the biggest guy on the earth. Like Jazz is probably like five ten, five eleven. But he has a like super violent swing. Like he impacts the ball. For those who don't know what impact in the ball is, just basically hitting the ball hard. Like making people look and in the cage. Impacting the ball impacting the ball. So yeah, he just has a, a really violent swing for like a small guy. Um and he's also the MLB the show twenty three cover. I I mean I love Jazz being the cover, but the game pisses me off so bad. Can I ask you a question? Do every you think day, this I, bro. <laughs> yes. yeah, like every day. Sorry, we could get back to you raging about the game, but do you think um well yes, obviously Jazz is a superior talent. But at the same time, it is kind of indicative of just how much the game has changed, right? It's yeah. all it's more about strikeouts and the long ball, whereas yeah. Andre Rogers is playing in an era of small ball. Yeah. Where it was it was different. It was about one bag at a time, you yeah. know, that sort of thing. But now you have someone like Jazz who's of very slight build, not yeah. big at all, but cranking proper, so to speak. Yeah, he is cranking proper. We said it. He kinda kinda build no. I can't say that. It's kind of like same height as John, I'd say. Yeah. Mark and not? Yeah. No, John bigger than him. No, I mean like obviously he's bigger than him, but oh. I, I feel like I feel, I kind of feel like they're the same height. No, Josh shorter than you think. Huh. He's, I mean, he's also better than a lot of people think. What do you think about the move to Santa Fe? Um, <coughs> I, I think. Yes, you. Right? Your podcast. I yes. think. See, once they traded Gene Segura, right? They traded Gene Segura. 
Nobody cares for them. He wasn't playing good for the moms anyway. I think they should move Joey Wendell back to third base and bring Josh to short. Bring back Josh to short. Figure out who else they want to play center field. I mean, it it was good while it lasted, but I want to see Josh back on the infield. That, like, yeah, I, I want to see him on the infield because people are ready. I mean, I know hate goes along with the game, but People, like, he played, it isn't even a full season. He played a couple games in center field. And people, like, trying to downplay how good he actually is. Like, it's his first time playing center field in the big leagues. So, like, how you want him to be, like, my trout in center field? Like, I don't understand what the expectations are. Because, like, how good can you be playing and he's also been hurt a lot, too. The injury thing, I think, is the biggest concern or the biggest thing that people have talked about. Yeah. Because, well, you listened to Le Batard show with me, and you heard uh, David Sampson say, and there was a meeting that they had the season before with some of the losers in the locker room having an issue with Jazz. And I think a lot of that is jealousy because um, this is someone not from where we're from, doesn't look the way we look, getting... Uh, a level of attention that we've never gotten before. Yeah, and, a, and it came very quickly. So some people had a problem with that. Yeah. Do you think that problem And you know what is else created the problem? Like, he has the dangly cross airing. So they, they think he's going to hit 700 homers and be like, bye, gone. But then it's correct. So they kind of got jealous. I feel like everybody got those airings now, though. It's more commonplace. Well, but yeah. But he's also lefty. So I think they just got jealous that... He's going to hit 700. I mean, Barry Bonds was also a towering figure. That's true. Not built the way Jazz is built. (laughs) I don't know if they expect 700, but I don't know. I think it's more of a... Okay, and you can speak to this being from a different generation. Baseball always has generational conflicts. Um, Because for a long time, baseball has been a super racist sport. I mean, still kind of. For the most part... For the most part, it still it still is. Yeah. And there's a difference between the way black and Latin players express themselves and play the game than the way most white players express themselves and play the game. Although I think that gap has closed somewhat with the younger generation. Yeah. But you still see pockets of it being a problem. Yeah. So like Latin Latin players and like black players stay like well chant. Um, flashy cleats, flashy gloves, airing, stuff like that during the game. But I mean, I don't think I should say this because I might get quote unquote canceled. From who? <laughs> I don't know. We so, don't have sponsors. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, um, the John Mark Nutt guys, they they are not as flashy. John flashy? Flashy in which way? What do you mean? Which way is he flashy? Sneakers. You can ask John himself. He can tell you he's not flashy. <laughs> under zero circumstances. Uh, uh, all right, yeah. I fair fair point, but I like I said, I think it's trending in the other way because now you see so much so now you see so much more teams actually celebrate. Everyone has their own home run celebrations in the yeah. dugout now. Good. Whereas before that kind of thing used to be taboo. I think, like, you even see more people wearing the necklaces, yeah. more people 
wearing the chains, more people playing with their shirts unbuttoned, doing things that was really more centered towards just the black and Hispanic players. So the game is kind of branching out, but I still think there's a whole lot of resistance from that other old school play the right way kind of yeah. kind of crowd. So like them lames. Think of it like this: Imagine if Jackie Robinson did all that in his time, like chains, earrings, unbuttoned jersey, flashy glove, flashy cleats. They'd have probably killed him, and he was already black, so they probably already wanted to kill him. But imagine all of that. <sighs> EIQ. Transition. Ah, boom. So, let's talk about my favorite team, Los Angeles Dodgers. We're getting showy in 2024. I don't want to hear anything about it. But the Dodgers, we are winning the World Series this year. I don't care what anybody else says. We are winning the World Series. I mean, our pitching staff could get better, but I feel like our offense should be able to hold us over for a long period of time. Because, I mean, the only, like, great, well, no teams really have, like, a great pitching staff. Like, some of them, some of them, you would expect. No, I'm like, no. I think I mean, the, Rays, like, the Rays do. Well, yeah, the Rays. They got Shane McClanahan. Yeah, he's pretty much like a. But, um, you know what I just realized talking about the Dodgers? The last time we really used to run consistent baseball podcasts was during COVID with the COVID World Series. When the Dodgers won, yeah, I think that was, that was the last time we used to when we used to do a game recap after all the games. Yeah, that was that was such a great moment in my life. Just watching Julio Celeste do all the haters it's in your face. I mean, last year we won a uh, hundred eleven games, but you know the LA LA air just wasn't. Yeah, I feel like that's been the Dodgers' mo for. This particular time period, win a lot of games, make a deep run, but don't win the World Series. Yeah. Other than that one, but it's happened. I feel like it's happened at least three, four times. Yeah, well, you're supposed to have two because Astros and that banging on trash cans. Y'all a bunch of cheaters. Walker Bueller and Dustin May injuries are the biggest concern. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And them losing Trevor Bauer. Well. I <laughs> Trevor Bauer was pretty good for them. Uh, I think it was Wildland, bro. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he was pretty good for them. Speaking of. <laughs> that nigga was Wildland. Well, let's speak on. Let's talk about someone else who's been Wildland. Well, no, say it. Say, say Wildland. Wildland. Yeah. Anyway, let's speak about someone else. We're moving on. The the Rays shortstop, arguably their best player this year. And I was surprised you wanted to broach this subject. And maybe this is this maybe this comes from you listening to podcasts where you got to step outside of just sports because this is a human story. This is a human interest story. And Wanda Franco, who just recently signed one of the biggest contracts in MLB, eleven years, two hundred and twenty million, and just like like that. that. His career could possibly be over, and it has nothing to do with anything baseball. So I'll let you take it away. So 
one day I was just on Instagram, just scrolling, looking at some baseball reels, and I saw something that said Wanda Franco, and then it was, it was something in Spanish, but I saw Wanda Franco, and then 14. So I thought it was like some clips of him from like when he was 14. Then I clicked translation, then it was like, allegedly Wanda Franco has a 14-year-old girlfriend. So he's like, what? Hold on. I don't think this this right thing. You probably like when he was fourteen or something like that. But no. A lot of people are saying that it's true. Like I don't want to believe that it's true because like, Wonder Franco, he like, guy's good. Why? Oh my god! Why do I keep saying the guy? Oh, don't worry about it. It's, you can't. <laughs> it's not something you're gonna be able to escape. You're just in that world. Hey, yeah, but so, Wonder Franco. Hold on, just a quick update, uh, and I'll let you get back to it. Um, the MLB just announced yesterday that they place Wander Franco on administrative leave effective immediately. So, yeah. I know there was some some stuff going around. Like, she was saying, like, like Wanda was saying, like, he's not coming back to the DR until she's 18 or something like that. And then she said, she went at like 500K and a Mercedes Benz. Now, they have said that MLB has said that the... The administrative leave is not disciplinary, but it's just a part of their investigative process. And he's it's 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 a paid leave. Mm. So he's still getting paid that ridiculous contract that you just mentioned <laughs> earlier and accruing service time while he's not playing. So yeah, man, I don't know. This is this is a strange situation because I also saw reports that this was not the only girl. So there may be multiple underage girls involved in this. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, doesn't he have like a wife and like two kids or something? Like that? I really don't know anything about his family life, to be honest. Because I saw something, it was like he has a wife and two kids. But I hope that it isn't true, because like she doesn't look fourteen. Well, my friend, I'm going to tell you a very valuable lesson that you're going to have to learn well, within know, the I, next I few years. Exactly what you're going to say. She may not look 14, my boy, but you better check and see if she is 14, my boy. Because... Doesn't she have like a child or something like that, dude? Bro, I don't know the specifics of this story. I know that if it's... If there's enough evidence behind this for him to have to stop playing baseball for the Rays and for the MLB to say you've got to stop playing baseball immediately then there's something to it because rumors and innuendo and all sorts of stuff come out all the time but for it to get to that point where it has to be legitimately investigated by several bodies then yeah dog may have stepped in it and by stepped oh. in it, I mean statutory rape, allegedly. <laughs> I just hope it isn't true. Wow, like, this, is I gonna don't wanna... get, this is going to get awkward. What did you learn from this, by the way? No, I just don't... I Like, I don't want to see talent like that. Like, okay, right, let's take Trevor Bauer, for instance. Like, Wow, you even going deeper into this. Why are we taking Trevor Bauer, for instance? Because, okay, like, this go talent just gone away. Like, yeah. like he was a Cy Young winner before. That year before. It's a good question for me to ask you as a young teenager. From both of their situations, what do you take from those? I mean, 
I'm not 22 with a 14 year old girlfriend, and I don't go to much. Wait, no, that's Deshaun Watson. No, different. Um, I yeah, that was Deshaun Watson. That's different. That was yeah. with the masseuse. Yeah, I was about to say masseuse. No, this was just with a regular girl that he met. Yeah. Transition. <laughs> um, no, not yet. Oh, I was okay. But yeah, like I said, I just don't want to see Tyler like that just wither away into the darkness. It's like when the friend goes good, <laughs> bro, they like they just make stuff <laughs> on TikTok. I just be scrolling and there's be like players who didn't let AIDS stop them. And then it was like Justin Verlanda and then um it's Justin Verlanda than someone else. It was Justin Verlanda's age, which is like thirty nine, and it's someone else. And then it's one the Franco and it was fourteen. Bro. <laughs> People so reckless. The internet is a terrible place. Um you wanna end this talking about suspensions and stuff? Yeah. Well, no, that that ain't my business, yeah. Just that's that vibe. <laughs>